Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of family and children's discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. This is part two of a two-part interview with Child Evangelism Fellowship Local Director for Carroll County, Maryland, Stephen Davis. That episode was posted last week, so if you missed it, you want to go back and listen as we cover the ministry of CEF in general, how Stephen came to be involved, and the need for evangelism with children in general. But you know, when we talk about evangelizing children, uh, I want to ask, how is sharing the gospel with children than sharing it with adults? Is it pretty much the same thing? Do you want to kind of give a uh, Ravi Zacharias-level discourse to children, especially infants, I assume? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> children, yes, are some of the most thinking among us, but uh, I, I wouldn't say uh, that we would enter on that, ac- uh, you know, the collegiate ac- academic level. Um, you know, I, sharing the gospel, how is it different from doing it with adults? Um, one, you know, they're usually smaller. <laughs> uh, but in reality, you know, it is and it isn't that different. Um, you know, there's a, a a little line that you know CEF workers sometimes use, and they'll say all evangelism is child evangelism. Um, and in, a, in, a, in its context, it's true. You know, Jesus himself said, you know, unless you become like a child, you cannot receive, you know, enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, so basically, in order to um, to respond to the gospel and to hear um, an you know effective evangelism, it, you need a, a childlike disposition. Now we do make a distinction between um, people being childish and childlike. Um, the scriptures encourage people being childlike um, as opposed to childish, which you know the Apostle Paul talked about. You know, uh, you know, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I thought like <laughs> acted like a child. But now that I'm older, you know, I put away these childish things. Um, but Jesus does call us indeed become childlike. Um, the unique thing about ministering to children uh, versus adults is that people come into this world sinful yet believing. Um, you know, we have to be taught to doubt either by deliberate instruction you know, uh, some might call it critical thinking, um, or by constant letdowns and disappointments. Um, you know, children are by nature going to have less trouble believing. Um, but as life goes on, you know, people become more and more calloused. Um, so, you know, I think, I think those are the, I guess, initial differences I would observe between working with adults and working with children. Children do come believing. Um, it behooves us then to make the most of that before they become calloused and, um, to give them truth rather than wait until they've become hardened and they've given themselves over to a whole lot of things they shouldn't be. And, you know, uh, I, 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 I be careful here, but there's a, a church not too far from here. I love them. They really mean well, and they do really great work, but they had someone stand in for their children's ministry on Christmas, uh, for the children's Christmas service and do like a little children's message. And, um, so again, no names mentioned here, but, uh, <laughs> The, the instructor, the teacher, she, she went on to tell the children that, um, you know, boys and girls, just like, you know, we don't see Santa put the presents under the tree, so we also don't see Jesus, <laughs> um, you know, and <laughs> just really tried to make a correlation of faith. Now, again, I know she really meant well, but, you know, when they find <laughs> out that, hey, Santa really isn't putting presents under your tree, it's mom and dad or somebody else altogether, um, well then, hey, where's this Jesus guy too? I guess he ain't it. Um, and I actually had somebody, um, you know, tell me that who is um, a, a noted rock musician, um, and uh, he actually lost his faith in God because he said, well, great, Santa 
is not real? I guess Jesus ain't either. Um, and um, and that was part of his testimony. Pretty neat guy. But that aside, I mean, you know, why why should we let our young people um, go on to believe so many falsehoods, letdowns, disappointments, and even you know, bad bad ideas. I'm not saying, I'm not totally criticizing uh, Christmas or, or, well, uh, Santa Claus. I think the the historical figure was amazing. Um, In fact, uh, you know, this Christmas, you know, actually even last Christmas, my kids, when they would be asked, uh, my oldest Silas, he's he's a little sharper now. He reads a lot, but um, he's he's turning eight tomorrow. So shout out to Silas. (laughs) But but he, uh, last year, you know, he'd have people ask him, um, so hey, you know, you you believe you believe in Santa Claus and you're looking forward to, to Christmas bringing you presents, and basically the answer he learned to give was you know well yeah I kind of believe in Santa but more importantly do you know who Santa believed in um, because <laughs> the the original Saint Nick right you know from from now Turkey um, you know he he actually in year 325 was one of the signers of the Nicene Creed and uh, so you know it's more important than but who do you do you believe in Santa it's it's who did Santa believe in because he believed in God the Father Almighty Maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ it's only begotten Son so it's you know it's pretty amazing just to um, I think know that kids can understand um, important truth and not let them be uh, dissuaded by letdowns disappointments so that later in life when they do have the opportunity to hear the truth um, you know they don't believe it they dismiss it as another fairy tale or anything else because hey they've been they've been lied to all along good, good things to consider um, so Stephen how uh, or excuse me what, what are some unhelpful things that we might do I mean so you mentioned some things there anything else that may be unhelpful when we're sharing the gospel with kids yeah definitely um, you know there's a lot of things and I want to be careful uh, to not just focus on the negative but also the positive and, and, and I know you guys mind that as well uh, but I think I think one thing initially is false assurance um, you know, yes. raise your hand, um, just repeat this prayer for me, um, things like that. Um, write a date in a book. Right? Write a, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. I think that's really, you know, a really troubling um, thing that, that's not ultimately helpful um, because uh, it can really backfire in, in a, a number of directions. Um, for instance, you know, in the media recently, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but, but you, I guess you know that, you, and maybe you'll have her on sometime, but Lady Gaga, uh, you know, she's... <laughs> I've already sent the email. All right, great. Um, We're just but, working on dates, I think. But she's right. She's a Christian. She says so. Somebody gave her some sort of assurance somewhere along the way that I don't know where or how it happened. But um, you know, uh, you know. But when we look for fruit, I'm I'm, not, I'm a little concerned because um, as I've had in discussions with others along the way, um, Jesus not only answered Nicodemus, um, but he also answered Lady Gaga two thousand years ago, saying that yeah, we're born that way, um, but we need to be born again. Um, so I, I certainly am concerned with, you know, false assurance. Um, you know, I, I think being insincere, uh, kids, adults too, of course, everybody, I think generally, um, and I think many of us can relate with this, but, uh, kids also can really sniff out, um, you know, insincerity, um, if you're not really there and if you're not really caring and if you don't really believe what you're saying. Um, so I think being insincere is another uh, thing to be aware of. False assurance, being insincere. You know, you may not be the best children's minister, but if you are at least sincere and you're really there because you care and you love them, and I'll just mean like well-wishing. I, mean, I know the lady was very sincere in, you know, talking about um, 
uh, Santa Claus leaves and leaving presents. But the fact is, beyond that, these kids are going to remember that she cared about them enough to spend that you know Christmas morning with them. So I think as long as you're a believer and you do have at least pretty good theology, being sincere is really important. Um, you know, doing kids ministry out of mere obligation just isn't going to cut it. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, this may re result from indifference. Um, you know, people may not really want to get on their level and meet kids where they're at. Um, so again, kids can sniff out authenticity. Um, adversely, you know, some, some are just, you know, uh, some folks are very, uh, sincere and authentic They're but they're, they're maybe overzealous, maybe just really fluffy, warm, fuzzy, fun driven, um, and just oversimplified and they miss some really great teaching moments. Um, and I would really caution against that too, because, um, church, Sunday school, children's church, good news club, um, children's Bible ministry workers. Uh, I mean, everybody who's Awana, all the, everybody who works in children's ministry, um, it's pertinent to all of us. Um, that it, it, it's certainly much, much more than just having a really good, fun time. As, as important as that is, that you know, the fun of it, the 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 charisma of it, it may be a vehicle that opens these kids up. Um, but uh, it, it it can never be just that. We don't want to miss some really great opportunities to teach uh, the good news. Um, I think another danger that's everywhere, it's pervasive in culture, um, but specific to children's ministry also, is that it can become more humanistic um, than biblically true uh, and God orientated. Kids can learn and understand things beyond, you know, animals boarding, you know, the ark in pairs. Um, you know, they can sing <laughs> and, and then sing a fun song about it while coloring a picture. Um, but, you know, in, in a cartoonist event. But, you know, I, I hear, I, I've heard kids literally rattle off, um, you know, rap song after rap song. Or you could sing the Frozen lyrics forwards and backwards um, and recite, you know, paragraphs of, you know, movie script lines. Um and yet, you know, and it's, of course, it starts off with, you know, parroting, you know, rote memory. Um, but we also have to start somewhere and, um, and, and give children a true and basic framework um, to build a saving knowledge of further understanding. Um, you know, my, my son, who, you know, I, I have four children. And, um, but my son, you know, for instance, um, so uh, my, my son, for instance, is, uh, he's, he's come a long way, but he started out... Uh, I, I literally at like a year and a half, maybe even younger than that, would just read him. Um, I would read him the Bible in, in, in bed at night and um, just straight. I mean, I think at the time it was the 1984 version, <laughs> NIV. Um, but I, I literally just read the Gospels with him. And to be honest, he literally, after about six months of doing that, we read through the four Gospels three different times um, before he was two years old. And I think around just before two years old, he could literally count, I think what Luke goes up to uh, uh, 20 or Matt, well, I guess Matthew 28, but um, he literally could count just beyond 30 because I would start with the chapters and the verses and he learned his numbers literally in the New Testament. Um, and then he started recognizing before he, at the same time he learned to speak, he also learned uh, to read or identify the words Holy Bible. Um, he'd even say things like New International Version or, um, you know, Matthew. He could read the names Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, Jesus, God, the, and um, before he was two years old. Um, and, and it's, it, you know, again, I'm not trying to brag. Not all of our children were able to do that, and nor was I able to spend all that kind of time with our other children because, one, with your first, you're able to have more time with them. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I'm just using it as an example that even though he didn't understand what, what I was reading to him, um, 
later in life when he hears that name Jesus again, or when he hears that same story and he hears certain words again, he'll begin to understand, oh, that's what that means. Oh, that's what, oh, you know, I've heard that word in this context and that context, and now he'll start piecing it together. Um, so I think, you know, um, again, I don't want to encourage people to go way over their heads, um, but um, kids can really learn and identify much more than we give them credit for. And they will mature and they will begin to connect it to broader concepts and it become more concrete. Um, and, uh, and they'll be able to, to have, um, to actually even not only be able to understand it themselves, but even one day be able to teach it. In fact, my, my son actually has, has taught, um, others. I've literally heard him, you know, just in uh, candid conversation, um, say some things that I did not know he knew, like just blew me away. <laughs> um, and uh, I just, you know, I, it's very rewarding. Of course, he still needs to be parented. He still needs to be raised and matured and disciplined at times. Um, but it's amazing that I'm actually starting to see fruit in his life, which is which is really, really exciting. Um, uh, gosh, uh, uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, working with kids, you know, can be hard. It can be inconvenient. Um, we all give ourselves to that which you know we deem worthwhile. You know, be it academic goals, career goals, hobbies, games, gym memberships. Um, you know, but I think, you know, I, even even being a maverick on YouTube. Um, but I think I think one of the most uh, I think I think one of the most worthwhile things that we can ever give ourselves to is to help raise up a godly generation. Um, and uh, you know, so ultimately, right? What's it say? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, um, you know, do for the glory of God. Um, you know, and, and so I, I really am convinced that, um, you know, we, we, we really are, it's time well spent to invest in the next generation. That's good. Uh, now I want to ask, uh, we kind of heard some of the unhelpful ways that we tend to do, and we do tend to have to battle against some of those. Yeah. Uh, but what are some of the, some specific helpful ways to approach sharing the gospel with kids and, uh, beyond just saying, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. Because it is it is unhelpful when we marginalize or diminish or treat children, um, or children's ministry as you know something that's passe or not you know really a relevant priority. But um, you know, I, I think I think really you know we need to um, you know just just look for ways that we can be incarnational. Um, you know, uh, with the children. Um, you know, even show you know again like I mentioned before, being authentic and 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 not being. Um, inauthentic is, is, is huge. I think investing, you know, I mentioned that passage in Lamentations 2.19, right? I think if you're really praying and interceding for these boys and girls, you're going to, um, your heart's going to be there. And, and when you have time with them, um, and even when you're not with them, you're interceding for them. And so, you know, none can come to the Father unless, you know, our Lord draws them. Um, so, one, we need to be interceding for them. I think that's a huge, helpful, and foundational part. Something you'll notice uh, if, if anyone has or is involved with CEF, but as you learn the culture points of Child Evangelism Fellowship, this ministry um, is really built upon prayer. Of course, God's Word, but, but prayer. And, um, and, and God's Word, you know, I tell the boys and girls, is, is God talking with us. It's, it's God's Word. The Bible is God communicating with us, and prayer is us communicating with Him. Um, so I think, you know, learning how to um, use child-sized idioms um, and, and words, contextualizing um, really great thoughts. You know, children can, contrary to some popular opinion, um, children can learn abstract thought, but they need to get it through concrete examples. So I would, you know, use object lessons. Um, I would, you know, I would use uh, things that they can relate with. Things there's often tactile learners, um, as well as visual learners. There's auditory learners. There's, you know, children. Some children are very body smart, so they like movement. Um, 
And I would just be aware of their learning styles. And this is a science that God has given us the ability to understand. And he has made us mind, body, soul. And um, so, I, you know, also minimizing distractions um, for children is also really important. Um, another thing I'd really encourage folks to do is, is to, um, you know, to, to, again, with minimizing distractions, but also be, be prepared. Um, you know, not being prepared. Um, we often teach our workers that, you know, if you don't make life interesting for them, they're going to make it interesting for you. Um, so, I, and I think that's just an axiom, really. It really is. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I could just think of many examples, you know, on this, but um, I, I honestly, I think that, um, you know, for instance, I think showing an interest, like a real interest mm-hmm. in their lives, and even sharing your life with them is really important. Um, you know, I, I had a boy uh, in one of our clubs who um, a lot of the other teachers were disturbed by it and didn't really want to go near it, and um, he he really was down a lot. Like, kind of had just a very negative outlook, seemed very pessimistic or untrusting of others, and. Um, didn't want to open up or talk much. And one day I noticed he had a book um, and it was called Real Zombies because, you know, I don't, know if, I don't know if many of your listeners are aware, but, you know, a lot of young people have had this fascination these days with zombies. And um, there's this book kind of based on, you know, basic biology, but, you know, real zombies in nature. And um, it's funny because my background in farming, I, I can remember, uh, for instance, mud dobbler wasps. Um, these like hornets that um, literally build their nest out of mud. Well, in it, um, one day I'm, I'm literally shoving out the bullpen. Now, not a baseball bullpen, but an actual, yes, bull with horns bullpen. And I'm, you know, mucking out the stall. And um, I swing the pitchfork around and it hits the, the door and it breaks open this, this nest. Now, fortunately, there weren't many uh, hostile creatures there. They were, out in the, they were out in the field doing their gathering. But what fell out of the nest, as I share this with this boy, um, was all these spiders, like these big, oh, no. meaty spiders. <laughs> and they're like totally comatose. So what these hornets do is they go out and they sting um, these, you know, spiders, these prey, you know, predators. So these hornets prey on predators and they sting with just enough venom that it puts them in like a comatose zombie state. And of course, all the women and the girls in the, are just like totally grossed out and freaked out by this. But this boy, uh, we'll call him uh, Zach. He was just like, I mean, absolutely enthralled that I knew and had this experience and understood something about real life zombies. And, uh, <laughs> and so he says an anecdotal story that, you know, you're going to get uncomfortable and working with kids means you're going to have to deal with boogers and, um, the violation of safe space and, and personal space. And, um, and you're going to get the awkward glances and stares and my dad can beat up your dad and all that fun stuff. But, and, and yes, yeah, zombie spiders, but you know, it's, it's, it's good work and it's, it's meaningful work. And again, I think, it's one of the most worthwhile things that we're going to do um, is to do just that. So um, I think really uh, working at being authentic, um, finding stories that connect with them, you know, and, and when they share about hard times, you share also about hard times you've gone through and then talk about God's faithfulness. Um, you know, I've, I, we had kids at our outdoor uh, club last or this 2018 last summer. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, again, I grew up farming, but I just, you know, I, I still to this day marvel at the power God put in a seed. You could use this as an object lesson or whatever, but tying your conversation and your moments with children back to um, teaching moments. Um, you know, I, I am amazed. God literally put the power 
this this supernatural power, I should almost say, even though it's natural, but it's it's amazing power. He puts his power in a seed that when it goes into the ground, it literally has the power to turn dirt and sunlight and a little bit of water into majestic trees or you know a watermelon plant. And it's just incredible um, how God works. And I think again, tying your conversation um, uh, and relating it back to uh, teachings about who God is and His heart for the children. Um, and I would again encourage people to. Go to CEF workshops um, or get involved with. Um, we have a, a curriculum both online and then local to pretty much every, throughout every state in the United States. Um, this ministry is in all 50 states and then in 207 countries around the world. Um, so wherever people are, your listeners are, they can reach out and find a CEF representative. Um, but I think going and uh, you know using materials that will actually continue to help you grow and understand where children are, uh, what the Bible teaches, and how you can connect the two. Um, is is would be a great way to, to to help others. That's good. I really like what you said with uh, you know the importance of having that kind of relationship, but also an object. And I want to recommend people one uh, evangelism tool I've used before is that uh, there's a little gospel tract from uh, Two Ways to Live called Who Will Be King, and it's a little simpler than Two Ways to Live for a Kid. And I I've really enjoyed utilizing that tool. Hmm. Yeah, it it's good. So what can parents do um, in the relationship that they have to be intentional in sharing the gospel with their kids? Because it's different than maybe the good news uh, uh, club leader or Sunday school teacher, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, this is true of parents and everyone and anyone. And it's a a teaching point or a reminder to myself. But it's that um, the greatest gift that you can give anyone is a vibrant walk with the Lord. Um, so the, I think the most important thing, first and foremost, with parents is that they be living it, um, that they have themselves a vibrant walk with the Lord, that they be modeling it, that they be in the Word themselves. Um, I think that, first and foremost, is going to be it. Um, again, you can say I'm a bit biased, but for good and authentic reasons. Um, but I'd say get involved with CEF. Uh, learn to use their songs, their lessons, um, the teaching and discipleship materials. Um, there's other ministries like uh, Answers in Genesis. Um, they literally have a whole kids like zone website and app um, that's really good. And it does it goes beyond just young earth teaching for those that might be concerned about that. Um, you know, uh, I you know I, it's 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 really good material. It's biblical. Um, it's fun. It's interactive. CEF also has we have um, uh, apps as well. Um, there's one called God's Word Hide It, which it's built on scripture memory and songs, um, and it's interactive. Um, being resources like that, I think is really important. I'd also say having um, uh, the Bible app for kids. Is also fun. It's neat. They get to read along with the Bible stories. It's interactive since we're such a technological. And as 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 uh, Pastor Trusoni was saying earlier, that we ha- we live in an age where we have so many opportunities where we can ca- connect with kids. Um, so I think for parents just to have um, access to those types of materials that um, are exciting, uh, that are you know pretty well vetted. Um, and uh, we, there's there's another book called The Ology, which sounds like theology, mm-hmm. but it's called The Ology. Um, and uh, that's uh, uh, Marty Mikowski, I think it is. Um, a great book. Um, another one I've used with my kids is um, Everything a Child Should Know About God or Everything a Child Needs to Know About God. Um, a great book to read with your children at night. Um, pray with your children at night. Um, get them involved. Show them that you prioritize uh, Christian living. Um, and as you live that out and model it, they'll see it, um, and uh, your fruit will be effective. Um, 
I'd also, um, you know, just recommend, you know, uh, again, um, you know, the authenticity of it because kids, kids again, will see that and they'll notice that. <laughs> uh, what can churches do to equip their children's ministry volunteers to better share the gospel? This amazing gospel message that you focus so much on. Yeah, that's super. Um, you know, initially, again, and since I'm here talking about CEF, um, but, you know, we offer, uh, as I mentioned, ongoing workshops. And with each curriculum series that comes out every five to six weeks, we have uh, that curriculum workshop where we're continually trying to um, hone the skills and the disciplines of knowing how to use the material well, um, how to open up the scriptures and teach them um, in, in, in a way that a child will understand it. Um, how to teach a song. You know, we use some really great uh, teaching tools. Um, you know, I often tease saying, I mean, we would have, CEF really would have been better off to have, um, <clears throat> to have patented um, or, or copyright written um, more fruits uh, along the I line because Apple has their whole I life, I Apple, I. So CEF, is, CEF has um, I pair and it's, it's just a simple tool that we use, but you introduce, you present, you explain, and you apply, and then you repeat um, the song, a memory verse, and different parts of the the lesson um, that of, of that club. And again, we flesh that out. What does iPair really look like? I just give you the brief acronym, but there's a lot of excellent, very practical teaching tools that CEF offers in its training. They also offer uh, a collegiate level um, academic courses. The Children's Ministry Institute, which again is um, headquartered at our international headquarters in um, Warrington, Missouri. But that's a, a really great resource. Um, you can go there personally, or you can also take it online. Uh, look up cmionline.org uh, or .com or maybe even .edu. I forget off the top of my head. I was there in person um, back in 2013. Uh, it was, again, it's just an excellent resource. They have Teaching Children Effectively, TCE1 and TCE2. Teaching Children Effectively uh, really helps train workers uh, with an emphasis on evangelizing and a minor in discipling, where TCE2 is a class that uh, emphasizes the discipling and then minors on continuing to evangelize. Um, because ultimately we believe there are two types of people in the world, right? Those who are in a right relationship with God and those who are not in a right relationship with God. So we believe that there's application, there's that part of the IPAR again, um, the A and IPAR application, um, to both the saved and the unsaved, and virtually every passage of scripture, there's there's application that can be made. It may be more focused for one or the other, but um, but you can you can always um, create a link um, that would uh, have teaching for for someone in whether they are lost or saved. Um, again, I would you know subscribe to some great you know teaching materials. Uh, Focus on the family has some great materials for kids and families. Um, there's a lot of really great resources out there. Um, I, I mentioned a few of them earlier. Um, but of course, you know, um, I, anytime, you know, for instance, again, CEF, we have here in Maryland, um, we have uh, a Super Saturdays uh, that happen uh, annually. And then we also have um, the Children's Ministry Conference. And uh, that also, ha we have that annually. And we bring in, you know, a speaker who um, really uh, is dynamic and speaks and teaches with the emphasis of reaching children um, and something pertinent to that. Um, but we also offer workshops throughout the day. Um, classroom management, um, how to handle disciplinary issues, um, how to teach apologetics for children, teaching kids to defend their faith. Um, 
and uh, growth. How do we do growth lessons um, to you know really help with discipling children as they come to faith? And then we also have um, subjects like uh, how to make your songs just you know that much better, more dynamic, or following up with with your children outside of Good News Club. Um, those are those are all really important things that we continue to prioritize, and uh, we listen to our workers as well and ask, what do you need? Um, to be uh, a better teacher. And so one we get a lot these days actually is classroom management. Uh, and I will admit that is very difficult because we're having, no matter who you are or where you are in working with children, you're always piggybacking on um, the efforts of parents and other teachers. And what a lot of that foundational um, basic groundwork has not been laid, you know, basic etiquette um, and, and basic respect for um, your peers and, and your teachers or elders. When a lot of that is not there, it is more challenging to work with, and uh, and we, we agree. Um, so those are those are things we're continually to analyze and um, work at, at giving people. But um, there's again some really great resources um, online um, as well as uh, locally. So Stephen, in a case where you've got a child who's who's consciously saying no to the gospel, um, how should we approach that kind of child? Yeah, to get that answer, you have to come to our workshops. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, a brief reference that comes to mind is Romans 8, right? The golden chain of redemption. Um, <clears throat> you know, that uh, those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified, right? Like, you know, we, we have to realize that, you know, God has ordained the time and the place, um, you know, for someone to come to saving faith. Uh, Acts 17, 24 through 30. Um, you know, talks about how God has ordained the times and places um, where each of us would be that perhaps we might reach out and seek him or call on him. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the calling is uh, the calling is for, you know, us to convey to everyone, right? To, to call them to saving faith, to, to give them the truth of the gospel um, today, right now, wherever we are. Um, today is the day of salvation, but it's, it's ultimately God who's going to do the work. Um, so when we have a child who says no, um, for instance, w you know, the way we do um, a response to someone who wants to uh, come back and make a decision for Christ to trust him and to pray and receive him as their savior and to be asked for repentance of their sins. Um, you know, we, we, we ask the child, you know, why did you come back to talk to me? We don't say, so I'm glad you're here to trust Jesus as your savior. Um, we actually ask them, we want them to make that conscious choice that you came back to talk to me because you feel guilty for your sins or because you um, are burdened in your heart and you need Jesus to help you so that you can live um, or whatever it is that connects with the lesson that was taught that day. Um, so we actually ask a lot of um, thought-provoking questions that aren't, that, that are you know, open-ended, right? Um, rather than just, you know, yes or no. Um, and uh, I think that's really important because... Uh, when a child says, you know, well, I, my goldfish died and, and I'm really sad, well then, you know, sure, you can maybe piggyback on yeah. life and death and things like that and you could pray for them for their fish. But they're obviously not really there to talk about trusting yeah. Christ for salvation. And um, really important, we rely on, on the Holy Spirit um, to be doing the work. Um, I think the Holy Spirit, you know, unfortunately is, is the least talked about and, and, um, and, and I, I don't even like to use the word underdog, but, um, I, I just feel sacrilegious almost, but you know, it's, it's, it's really something how, how little we actually look to and pray for and seek the spirit, um, the Holy Spirit to be working and guiding the child to salvation and even guiding us as teachers, um, that, that ultimately comes from the Lord's work and we make ourselves available and we want to take um, the responsibility to do the best on our part um, as we're able to to teach them. Um, but, you know, if a child is not ready, um, we can 
say things like, you know, well, when you are ready or whenever you would like to talk with me about trusting Jesus to save you from your sins, and you'd like to tell him that you're sorry for that and that you believe that he, that he lived and died for you. He gave his life for yours, and he rose again so that we can live forever, just he lives forever. Um, and, and trust him and believe on him as your Savior. Um, you know, please, I want to do that with you. And then offer to pray with them, not salvific, you know, and give them any sort of assurance. But, you know, say, can I just pray with you for your family or whatever it is? And then, you know, we often encourage our workers to give them maybe a little tract, a child, you know, written, uh, orientated tract that they can take with them um, and they can look through maybe later. Because you never know. I've, I've literally had children go home that night and on their bed um, find themselves in tears. And as it all of a sudden, it really sunk in and it hit them. And they'll pull out the tract and they'll open their Bible and they'll come and tell you the next week, you know, that, that they've trusted Christ to save them from their sin. And, um, and they believe that Jesus is their creator and that not only is he the creator, but he's a God who loves what he created. And that since he loves what he created, he gave the greatest demonstration of that love by placing himself between two pieces of timber where God's, I say, perfect love and perfect justice intersect. Um, and it's just amazing to see um, God work and that we get to be a part of that. Um, so that's, I think, in short, how I would respond that's to great. that. That's really helpful. <laughs> so. Uh, now, uh, I want to ask a very simple question. Uh, how can our listeners uh, uh, listeners follow your ministry, uh, learn about a lot of these things you've talked about, reach out to you, or uh, learn more beyond about your ministry, about CEF in general? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I first I want to ask for just prayer um, because, uh, you know, we must be doing something good when... Um, uh, individuals like Richard Dawkins and others have literally singled us out um, on more than one occasion, um, and it's made headlines <laughs> a few times. But um, you know, so I guess we must be doing something good. I guess it's a litmus test that you're <laughs> you're doing all right. But um, you know, our state director, Dr. Wright, you know, she's likened us uh, as local directors um, to being um, uh, the managers of a super Walmart. You know, that has only one or two employees. Um, I, I say that because you know it is we we struggle in maintaining current fresh technological interfaces um, for people to connect with us. Um, you know, for instance, CEF of Maryland does have a website, um, and that page uh, can be found at cefmaryland.org. Cefmaryland.org. Um, you know, I also have a Facebook page. Um, you know, CEF Carroll County uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship. Of Carroll County, um, but it's just me, and I'm the one maintaining that more or less, and um, and and I don't get to do it as often as I'd like and update it, and and we don't have a web page yet ourselves, um, because you know, like I said, it's we wear a lot of hats, and um, all that say yes, you can get in touch with CEF. Um, we have a great international website, and that is cefonline.com. Cefonline. Dot com and through that uh, site you'll be able to locate um, and look up or contact them to find your local uh, area director and uh, be it a state director or a local chapter director and that person or even if you're in another country um, a regional director or someone you know local in your region uh, of, of your nation um, I would I would go there I'd recommend folks go there to, to contact us also, me directly, you can get in touch with myself and my wife, um, who Hannah Davis, who is uh, just a, a very faithful sidekick and partner. I just am so grateful for her. But um, you can reach us at cefcarolco at gmail.com. That is C E F C A R R O 
L-L-C-O at gmail.com. Um, and that's to reach us locally here for Carroll County, Maryland. Fantastic. Thank you Great. so much. We really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, I, th- I think our listeners will truly be blessed uh, from the content team information. A lot more blessed than they will be at the Patriots win, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in there. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And, um, you know, I really, really, it's a blessing to be here. Um, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, pray to the Lord of the harvest uh, to raise up workers because uh, I think the greatest paradox of our time is that the, the harvest is more willing willing to be harvested than the harvesters are willing to harvest. So pray to the Lord of the harvest. Uh, pray that God blesses this ministry and is us as individuals, as workers. Um, and I'm just so grateful to be uh, with you guys today. It's a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.